0: Hello, uh, Gavin Gaddis, co-host of Tuned In Doubt, up here with a quick disclaimer and a call to action for you. The disclaimer is: this episode, like last episode, was recorded the day that George Floyd was murdered by the Minneapolis Police Department. So, Will and I are talking about a very different world when we're just sort of expressing general quarantine anxieties. <laughs> uh, the 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 podcasting related tips and tricks in this episode for anyone considering making a remote podcast or having any sort of anxiety about going remote if you made it in person at the time we i think i find that information is still valid it's just there's it's weird listening to it with the context of the last month or so uh so in lieu of any patreon links or anything like that i've cut those out of the episode. Uh, I want to push you to a couple places you can go to help. Uh, if you do not want, if you are uh, able to help monetarily, there is an ACT Blue page that is very, very popular. It's been linked by many places, including Griffin Newman, um, the Emergency Response Fund page. It's basically just a, a donation page on the donation site ACT Blue, but it was made by the Emergency Response Fund who have partnered with. The National Bail Fund Network. So, if you donate to this uh, cause, your money will be split across sixty over sixty community bail and bond funds to help out protesters who are still out there, even if um, even if social media isn't really uplifting that anymore. If the algorithms are starting to favor stuff like Ready Player Two has been announced, uh, so that's where you can go if you want to help out monetarily. There are also some places to donate, but also ways to help out that aren't monetary. Uh, on the Black Lives Matter card, you probably have seen this linked a million times on Twitter, but it's worth clicking on it and going through it even more. It's been it's been continuously updated. There's more stuff on there. Uh, Black Lives Matters. So the matters plural. Black Lives Matters. Dot uh, There you can find. Lists of petitions to sign, ways to text and call uh, elected representatives, ways to donate places, uh, resources and tips for protesters and things like that, hashtags to check out, uh, and other worldwide things that need attention. Uh, It was last updated on June 25th, so a little bit uh, about two weeks ago, but there's still a bunch of stuff in here. There's petitions that need to meet goals and things like that that you can help out with. And uh, with that, thank you for sticking with me through this three minutes of update. And uh, with that, on with the show. Welcome back to Tuned In, Dialed Up, a podcast about podcasting. I'm joined by the wonderful Will Williams today. Hi. Hi, I'm Gavin Gattis. Today, uh, we are going to switch it up a little bit. Our Shining Moments section is being replaced with a music review section, or recommendation section. And I have a ukulele I bought for eighty dollars that I know one chord on.
1: (laughs) It's a minor chord, and also it's out of tune, Gavin. It is
0: very much out of tune. It was in tune yesterday, but uh, something happened to the weather. Yeah, it's not great.
1: Here's what it sounds like on a somewhat tuned ukulele.
0: There you go. it's also by somebody who has a somewhat decent ukulele and can play it, so...
1: Yeah. What kind do you have?
0: A Donner.
1: Oh, okay! Yeah, I've sold a few of those. I sold many a ukulele when I worked at a music store. Um, I've sold a few of those. I have a Mitchell. It's fine. And I have an Ovation, who I love.
0: Nice. Anyway, that was supposed to be a quick <laughs> intro to a bit. Uh... We are going to replace shining moments while we're chain recording a few episodes with us recommending music we like. So, Will, what do you got?
1: I'm gonna open up Spotify real quick.
0: Of the music nerds of the two of us. <laughs> Let's see. While you look, I will recommend a album by my number one favorite artist ever, Watsky. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna recommend anything particularly intense but i think the perfect introduction to watsky is his 2013 album cardboard castles which is sort of right when i don't want to say it's when he got famous but it's right it's from a it is of its time in that it is from it was written in 2012 and came out in 2013 um he's just done epic rap battles of history a couple times that's sort of where we're at as the internet
1: (laughs) Mm-hmm.
0: he uh he makes this album with a lot of really good singles in it um they're tiny glowing screens part one and two which lead into tiny glowing screens part three in 2019 in times infinity uh cardboard castles is the most positive album he's made it, it it is a lot of him making statements about it is him making open statements about like hey, this is what i did like I turned down a quarter million to pitch a mobile phone. Like at one point, Watsky was given a two hundred fifty thousand dollars contract from Verizon if he, because he he can rap really fast, and they were like, "Will you do fast rap to sell a phone?" And he went, "No." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there are some really good songs on this. uh Every it, like the the standout ones you probably have heard, if you've heard Watsky just sort of in passing, are either. Uh, uh, cardboard, cardboard Castles Or Sloppy Seconds is one that gets A lot of traction Strong as an Oak uh, the, the chorus is uh, Everything's A-OK Because I'm strong as an I'm uh, <laughs> Broke, broke. Uh, It's about <laughs> just being a broke ass kid Living in LA um, Surfing couches uh, There's some really good fast straps, There's some really good guest pieces on here just Cardboard Castles is, is one of the most solid single albums I could recommend to somebody without being like, Well, it is a white guy rapping, so you kinda have to take that into account. Now fuck mm-hmm. that. Cardboard Castles is really good.
1: Nice. Nice. Um, I think this week I'm gonna go with an album uh, that I've loved for a long time. It is Typhoon's White Lighter. This came out in twenty thirteen. It's um it's there's I think I think, like, an album called Typhoon came out this year. So a lot of people got them confused. But the band is Typhoon. Album is White Lighter. It's got, uh, like, a splotch of kind of watercolory orange-red and a butterfly. Um, it is so great. Uh, Typhoon is one of those bands that has, like, a billion people in it. And they all do weird shit. So there's, like, always trumpets and strings. And I eat that shit right up. Um, I was introduced to this album because... All songs considered when this album dropped played young fathers. Uh, this track is so cool, and it had me immediately because it does a weird thing rhythmically. <laughs> I don't know how to explain it because, uh, while usually I can like kind of decipher what's going on in a rhythm in my head, um, like I I can like see the sheet music in my head for it when I'm listening. This one. Uh, trips me up every single time <laughs> there's like it goes and then there's a pause and you're like oh did my did my thing stop did something oh no it's back okay whoa. <laughs> but it's like really fun and it's this uh, rumination on aging and family and what we pass down and how we think of our lineage um, in this like sort of epic storytelling style and what i love about the album as a whole is that it flows together in exactly the same way there are themes that come up time and time again throughout different songs you'll hear them interpreted in different ways orchestrated in different ways but each song also completely stands on its own Um, i would highly recommend watching the music video for young fathers it feels a lot like the spike jones uh where the wild things are movie that's like you can see a lot of the inspiration there um, it's gorgeous. It's bizarre. It's like it's not unsettling or too avant-garde. It just kind of trips you up a little. It's very unexpected, and uh, that is something that I crave in music a lot. So that is White Lighter by Typhoon came out in 2013. Excellent. What, what do we do now?
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, first we thank the wonderful people who yes. are producing. Well, they are. They are at the producer level, supporting the show, helping make things happen. I want to thank, in no order today, because I did reverse alphabetical last time, Mm -hmm. Gene and Chelsea, Ostium Podcast, Mads, and Alice. I got them all. That was way harder for me than it should have been. Thank you so much (laughs) for supporting the show. You are, what, uh, the wind beneath our wings. I'm also distracted by fan art of a, uh, a particularly memed character on Thomas the Tank Engine uh, drinking iced coffee and reading Hustler Magazine, because that's the <laughs> kind of stuff the Thomas fandom does when they're bored. Yeah, uh, that sounds right. It's, <laughs> it's, it's a lot. <laughs>
1: okay. yeah. I get
0: it. <laughs> Welcome to our episode on remote recording tips, because uh, we timely as we are, two, three months into a quarantine is the time to be like so you're making podcasts remotely. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. There, there are some people that are getting super tripped up by remote recording and frustratingly for me at least, a lot of radio people that are treating it like this sort of
1: oh my god.
0: Mind-blowing thing. Did you know that you could record things, music sting in your house? Like <laughs> Jesus.
1: Listen, to this wild thing I had to do. Look, I recorded here, in my closet.
0: <laughs> I will die on the hill that the audio of Roman Mars walking around his apartment, he sounds better than when he's in a studio and has been mixed. Because <laughs> his voice has so much more character to it when it has a little bit of room to it instead of in a foam box and everything's just right here. I mean, for sure. But I would that say bad, that like still.
1: 99PI kind of calls yeah. for that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like just
0: for the thing he was doing, yes. it was perfect.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. We have been remote recording for since Ever. we started. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um
0: I'm even it's... breaking a couple of the tips that I, I think we'll be talking about. Namely, there is an air conditioner on and a door open to that room and a box fan blowing the air in here because fuck you, it's, it's hot. So outside. fucking hot. I love um, you, but no.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, let's. OK, I'm going to describe, I think, where I record from and I'll have you do the same. Yes. Because we have not talked about our recording setups in a really long
0: time. No, we haven't.
1: And I think it's time for a check in. So yes. um, between when we started and now, um, I moved to a different apartment and the this apartment has a lot of great things to it and a lot of things that are huge setbacks. So one thing that was amazing when moving to this apartment is that we have a huge closet. Now, by huge, I don't mean like YouTuber huge. I mean like a normal person with a normal apartment huge. Yeah. Um, and we turned the closet into my office in my recording space. Um, which means we're still using it as a closet. There are clothes on either side of me. My desk is up against the back wall of the closet and there's a door behind me. Um, The reason there are still clothes in here is not just because we have a lot of shit and need somewhere to put it, Um, but that is hmm, part of it. It's also because the clothes make for a very nice acoustic environment that helps dampen the reverb. Um, Because otherwise, if I were just in a tiny room, that had very little uh, like sound insulation. Oh, it's bad. My, yeah, my voice would be dinging all over the place. So if you record in a small space, make sure you have some kind of, something literally soft that will help dampen the sound of your voice. So that's my first thing, is that there are clothes on either side of me. In front of me, on the back wall, I have put sound paneling. This is just the shit that you can get on Amazon. It is very standard. It is like foam that has kind of a zigzag you know yeah
0: like egg packaging almost on some of them
1: right you have
0: the fancy stuff
1: not even
0: fancy looking stuff not necessarily more expensive but there's like different designs that accomplish the same thing depending on what you buy
1: yes um and what's fun is that it also comes in fun colors so mine came in a set of like kind of dusty mauvey pink and black Um, I don't have the black up anywhere yet. I don't really need it so far. But I have the dusty movie pink. And I love it. And I have them in like alternating. You know, some are horizontal, some are vertical. They're squares, so it doesn't matter. Um, And that really helps the sound in here as well. Because there's not going to be any clothes on that back wall. There's nowhere for them to go. There's no like pole for them to hang from. Um, And again, it's where my desk is pushed up to. But because I'm facing that wall when I record, there needs to be something there um and then when it comes to actually recording i have my desk which has my laptop um i do have a tiny little desk fan i'm gonna turn it on real quick you can probably hear that right
0: perhaps if my uh sound canceling stuff doesn't take it out
1: legit um so we do have a little desk fan it has a little usb and it helps tremendously um and then i have i recently got a an arm for my mic, um, which did not fit on my, my desk. I had to completely remove. Those
0: never fit. They are Thank designed you. Oh my for God. something that does not exist in a, in a normal household.
1: Thank you. So I had to completely remove one drawer of my desk, but it doesn't matter. I wasn't really using it. So in the in like the empty space of where that drawer was, that's where I have my arm connected to. Um, And then also in that arm, I have the original stand for the mic, which is very small, and I have spare headphones, things like that. So it worked out totally fine. I have my mic arm, um, which connects to my Rode NT-USB Mini, which is the mic I got recently to replace my really janky Yeti. Um, We talked about this in a previous episode. Mm -hmm. And then hooked onto there, I have a pop filter. So uh, that is pretty much my recording setup most of the time I have the door behind me closed today I don't because we're recording several episodes and it's very hot yes <laughs> Gavin what's your setup look like
0: so my setup is effectively the same as it was last time but uh, I have a corner desk that is facing a new corner It has a sort of second level to it in which a uh, uh, printer and some just stuff and my extra mic are sitting on. So there's a little bit of baffling between that and the monitor. Uh, And then I have, just for this recording, I ran around and re-put up some of the squares of acoustic foam. There's like five Mm -hmm. in this bedroom. This bedroom's probably about the size of a studio apartment. That's not me bragging. It's just like, this is where the most uninterrupted wall space is in the apartment. Mm
1: -hmm. So like,
0: whenever I do the like, yelling for effect, like you can really hear how much echo there is. There probably also is a solid amount of echo in my recordings anyway, lately. Um, Mm -hmm. When I had to do voice acting for a legit thing I can't talk about, uh, I through just did the like blanket where the blanket's over the monitor so the monitor's sort of like the 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 support to mm-hmm, the blanket mm-hmm. for it and then my head is the other support and the mics in between me mm-hmm. but I am using a Samson co one u which is not a mic that's made anymore I bought it back in 2017 for like 60 bucks a pop I got two of them it is a condenser mic with a uh, pop filter that's like wrap around design instead of the like the usual circle it like wraps around the front half of the mic and it kind of works like if i really pop plosives it probably did something there i don't i also don't know what tricast is doing with this because tricast does have some some auto correction stuff i am hearing monitor from my voice mod thing that lets me hear what my own voice sounds like because you also can turn on voice changers. So like, it's my way of keeping track of the fact I don't have like a cave effect <laughs> turned on, uh, but it's also how I do my own monitor now. <laughs> I don't know what it's sounding like through TriCast. It, that mic is mounted on a freestanding arm. This is, I mean, it could be a, a music sheet stand arm, but it's a mic arm for me. Uh, it works fine. I mean, mm-hmm. the the mic is so heavy it can't stick up like a uh, standard like XLR or Sony, whatever, you know, the ball on the mm-hmm, end, mm-hmm. universal microphone. This one has to dangle like a, like a good YouTuber. Uh, <laughs> I could record in a closet if I really wanted to, but it would be a situation where like I just now bought a Chromebook today, so I probably could make that work. But before that... My laptop sucks and there's no room in that closet. So it would have to be like reading my lines off of my phone with the mic, really long mic cable dragged into the closet while still plugged into my desktop. <laughs> <laughs> so it would be a little untenable. Uh, yeah, I think that's about it. I, I cannot stress the fact that remote recording is absolutely possible if you have a mic because i mean that that's the most expensive thing i mean the Mm computer is the most expensive thing but like that's uh, assuming you own something that can record
1: technically you don't need a computer
0: yeah yeah you
1: can get a mobile recorder you can get like something like i have the um the zoom h1n which is a little mobile recorder it records directly onto that you could and you could bring that to a library that has, you know, that has computers.
0: Let's be real. A newer phone, if you have a contract, you probably have a newer phone. Mm-hmm. If you are in a good enough space, you can make that work. Now that's not necessarily conducive to sort of a nonfiction fiction chat cast thing, because <laughs> mm-hmm. you would still need to be able to hear the other person somehow. Just drop something, good job, Gavin. I, uh, I but you could also just like get a lav mic and plug it in your phone and mm-hmm. use the audio recorder on your phone. There are lav mics that do not get the, the most dulcet of tones, but they get the job done for something like, you know, in the same vein as 99% visible. Obviously they have, you know, H4N or whatever, mm-hmm. like expensive recorders. Uh, but you like if you want to do it, you can do it. There is zero argument for radio people to be like, Whoa, but like <laughs> recording from home weird." We can't do it. Yeah, also, guess what? You can use Reaper and Audacity to yeah. render the basic stuff. It's Just fine. Show. It's fine. You also, don't need hot your uh, yes.
1: Uh, record on your phone. <laughs> the audio is not that bad. It's really yeah. not. It's Phones really have not. come a long way. Yep. It's going to be better than a laptop, mic. It's going to sound pretty damn okay. Just get a recorder app. The end. That's all you need. <laughs> it's not going to be perfect, but so what? It'll exist. All it needs to do is exist, right? Like, if if that's what you have and you want to start, then you have everything you need to start.
0: Let me bust out the audio recorder in my shitty $300 Moto G. So Fuck yeah. This is what it sounds like on my normal mic through TriCast. And this is what it sounds like through my phone about six inches away from my face. It is markably different, but this is also workable audio.
1: hmm So here's my voice off of my Rode NT-USB Mini. And here is my voice off of my phone. I have a Samsung Galaxy S8 something. I have some kind of Samsung, like, few generations back, fucko. Um, so here it is off of that with no post-production on it. Okay.
0: There you go. Yep. There is differences, obviously, but. Yeah. You can do it. This is less turning into how to adapt to recording remotely and more of just like, you can do it. You can do
1: it. Here's how to adapt. You do it and and then that's it.
0: (laughs) You do it and you, you, you you buck the fuck up. That's what you like. (laughs) Right. Now, let's say, um you're used to working in person with people. Like you are physically collaborating with people. Will can personally attest that there are many tools that make it way more possible. I mean, go listen to Scoring Magic. I mean, that's the biggest tip I can give you for (laughs) uh, organization and collaboration tips, but like Airtable and Google Drive, like Uh you can build so many tools to not necessarily automate, but facilitate collaboration in a way that'll help you like i am starting to work towards being effective at collaborating with somebody working on a short audio thing uh while the finale of standard docking procedure has been hamstrung by remote recording issues because one of our actors recorded at somebody else's house which is not a thing you can do now (laughs) right right and I would I would rather just let it sit for a few months and get the person I originally cast than be like, well, bye, and <laughs> going to somebody right. else. It's fine. It's a it's podcast. Fine. I
1: have another uh, hot take. Hot take. Uh, if I think there's one thing that we already knew, but all of this has shown us more clearly, it's that most work doesn't need to be done in person.
0: Yes, yes.
1: Um, I have been a believer of this for a very long time. I believe both that most work... I believe that all work, except for work where you literally need another person there physically, like, uh, like a doctor. <laughs> like, I, I believe that all other work can be done from home um, just as well. And I also believe that, like, we don't need to be monitoring each other while we're working. We can just, like, work and get our shit done. And, like, who cares what happens in the other eight hours of the perceived workday? It's all bullshit, people it's all bullshit we made it all up it's fake um so when you think about like how am i gonna make a podcast from home i'm yum 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 first off like get good get good fancy (laughs) like most of us have been doing this forever you're not special get good
0: i know Uh, like i know this is from the perspective of college but i worked at a college paper for a couple years i was the opinion at section editor for a good chunk of that and we had to physically come to the place and sit around and edit our sections at the max in the news office. And we had to physically attend meetings. And I'm here to tell y'all like there are some arguments with the, uh, the integrity of journalism about like you had to physically like be in the place with somebody. It is complete horseshit. And mm-hmm. so much time was wasted on people sitting around waiting to copy or proofread other people's sections mm-hmm. because they physically could not leave until they had their own section done and had checked everyone else's so and bad damn stupid as somebody with a 45 minute fucking commute and everyone else lived on campus i was uh salty the whole time about mm-hmm. it uh now in 2020 i'm proven right you don't especially given that we emailed a pdf of the issue to a printer like we didn't do anything in-house so like Um, it all could have been done remotely podcasting's exactly the same way
1: yeah as somebody who has recorded in a professional studio when i was in college radio we had like i want to make it clear my college radio station had a very 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 nice professional grade studio it was killer uh it was they, they put a lot of money into that thing. Um, I can tell you that the only benefits I had were looking people in the face, which I can now do with uh, things like Zoom, um, and having really nice quality mics, yeah. which, again, are really not that important, uh, all things considered. Like, you can podcast without a Big professional fancy mic. Uh, the downsides were that it was even more hot and it smelled a lot worse. Yeah. So uh, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good recording for my house. Thank you.
0: To put this all into perspective, there is a thing on the front page of Disney Plus right now. I think it's called the Disney Family Home Sing Along Part Two or what the fuck ever yes. it's called. It is mostly produced after lockdown. So there, the beginning is a Skype call between Kermit the Frog and Seth Rogen and that's Mm -hmm. not the bit they are literally literally recording these characters (laughs) using webcam microphones
1: yeah it's fine it's no big it's fine it's fine
0: huge production companies are mailing cameras to actors to have them do things in their houses like you can record at home it's fine
1: yeah (laughs) We should okay so if people are bought onto this idea which they should be because it's fine. Yes. Let's give a few more tips about like actually how to go about setting up your space. Yes. Um and I think part of this is that if you're working from home, there's a chance that you have your family here and um
0: That's that's the thing.
1: Right. So for me, um my husband is now working from home. He's not He hasn't really been around when I've recorded too much, though obviously when I was working a day job and recording, he was around. But, like, you know, sometimes it's hard to show when I'm in my office, like, working on, like, doing some basic research, just, like, checking Twitter, or when I'm actually recording. So... One thing I did that has, like, dramatically improved our communication is we got a set of LED strip lights that are smart lights. um, The kind that, yes, uh, the cool kids use on TikTok. We have a bunch of these in our house. I love them. Um, And what I do is it is outside of my office slash recording booth. And when I'm recording, I set it to red. It's an on-air sign. It's super easy. You could even do this. You could even do this with, like, a sign outside a door like do not disturb <laughs> like what's really important is having very clear boundaries and setting them in a way that is communicative and non-confrontational and having just a sign perfect way about that
0: yeah because we've completely lost the sort of like demarcation
1: yeah it's it's super important that has been a lifesaver for me um i especially again because i have add i my brain Operates in really specific modes, and it is really difficult for me when those modes get interrupted. Um, It's hard to get back into a working mindset when I'm in the groove of something. So, to have something where, like, Zach doesn't need to come ask me, like, hey, are you recording? Hey, are you writing? Hey, -hmm. can I ask you a thing real quick? Just having a sign of, like, yes, no, is wonderful. Now, granted, this is a learning curve, uh, and Uh, Sometimes it is difficult to remember to turn it on or turn it off or whatever. Mm -hmm. But just get a sign. (laughs) Just get a sign or a light or something where you don't have to be interrupted. And you can clearly show when you're working and when you're not, especially if you're recording. If you can avoid interruptions while you're recording, it's going to be so much easier. So much easier.
0: And for all my fiction people out there who... Mm this is going to sound rich coming from me as somebody who just talked about how I've just decided to just not do the finale of standard docking procedure for a few months until we can record and get the finale done. Mm-hmm. It is. Nobody is going to ding you or anybody worth having as a listener is not going to give you shit. If you put a disclaimer at the beginning of the episode and say, Hey, situations changed. We usually record differently. Some of the actors in this episode are recording from home and as such will sound a little different. And maybe even you just plan to re-record after we're all good
1: Mm -hmm. and in a different
0: space again. And you can remaster those episodes. Uh, It is totally possible to do that. I haven't Mm -hmm. really seen anybody do it yet. Um, If I was in a position where I could, I would. Uh, (laughs) Mm -hmm. It is... Mm -hmm. We got so many options, and a lot of them are totally doable that rely on just being honest with the listeners and being like, hey, here, here's what we do. Uh, yeah,
1: it's fine. You can I do mean, that. Look at what Bon Appetit
0: has accomplished.
1: Right. Yeah. It's no big deal. It's okay. It's going to be fine.
0: You also don't have to make podcasts right now.
1: <laughs> yeah. You can just say, uh, like, hey... We're going to go on a short hiatus because there's a global pandemic. Bye. It's fine.
0: Patreons um, can be put on pause. You yep. can you can do other stuff. Mm-hmm. You can try new things. You can mm-hmm. just do nothing. You can watch esoteric, weird, absurdist Twitch streamers. <laughs> like Yeah. You can do what um, you want to do.
1: One thing I would say um, for podcasters, especially fiction podcasters, who do want to record right now, um, I would really highly recommend getting on a group call. This doesn't necessarily have to be a video call. And I actually think that when it comes to recording podcasts, video calls can really detract, especially for fiction. Um, reason being actors are more prone to act with their body and with their face if they're being like physically observed. And that that will come through to some degree in the audio. But you're often going to lose a lot of that. And the focus that's on the physical could have been put into the vocal. So I would really recommend getting on a group call in something like Discord, um, doing a Zoom call that's audio only. Um, It just, it makes everything feel way more organic. It is a scheduling nightmare, don't get me wrong. Trust me, I know, I know. But it really makes things feel more cohesive, more organic and more like an actual conversation instead of individual lines that are being put together guys should uh, we do podcast recommendations I, would, would
0: just, I was gonna say why don't we just do a quick lightning round of like services and things people can use to really oh, help yeah. boost their so um yeah fuck yeah forgetting chat programs because you're fine on that one you've got remote recording stuff like tricast uh-huh, and, which is what we use uh Zencaster. hmm uh, and there's another one I'm forgetting, but I remember it not being that good, so forget them. Yep. Then you've got stuff like you've got you can make forms, spreadsheets, docs like Google Drive. It exists for a reason. Yep. And there's a lot of stuff you can do in there. Then you've got Airtable, which is like Google Drive on friggin' steroids. Mm-hmm. Uh, Airtable can do so many things. Yeah. I'm not necessarily sure what, but I keep hearing oh. from Will and everyone oh else God, it's that so it can fucking do great. Okay, so, so Airtable, many things.
1: Airtable is like um, if Excel and Trello had a like smoking hot baby. Um, mm. It is so fucking great. You can make forms with it and the forms automatically get put into really easily organized data. One of the ways that I just started using it is basically to make my own version of free music archive that is more thorough. So I have a ton of music saved for like the hug house pods that I do. Um, And I don't like using free music archive because um, it is a uh, fragile corpse. And so what I have is in Airtable, you can basically easily make one spreadsheet. And on that first spreadsheet, I have things like uh, the title of a track, the composer of the track, what genre the track is, what mood the track is, what instruments the track uses, if it is a character theme, because I do use those in Valence, what podcasts we have used it on or which are like kind of tagging it to say like, hey, this is mine. Um, We have what attribution license it is, the actual attribution we need to use. Um, I have even like a column for my weird synesthesia effects, because sometimes that's helpful in music. and then. I can I can sort and filter by literally any of those things. So I have one view of all the data that is just like recurring themes. I have um, a, a tab pretty much where I can see which things use piano or like a synth drum. Or I have another tab where I can do it by mood, genre, etc. It's amazing. Um, it's just fucking phenomenal. And it has like, it has views that are galleries. Um, it has a Kanban view, which is like Trello. It has a calendar view. If you use dates, it's so good. It's so good. And it's free. Um, it's amazing.
0: I need to, uh, 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 hire you and or Anne to uh, help me do an Airtable version of my podcast submission form because Google yeah. Sheets ain't doing it for me.
1: Yeah, um, I will say I don't mean to like, you know, too over the board self-promo, but Hug House does do consultations do where we can set up an Airtable for whatever you do. We are Airtable experts at this point, trust me. Hell so, yeah you are. Yeah, you can find us at hughouse.productions if you want to ask us about that yeah so will Mm -hmm.
0: what's some good podcasts
1: oh man have i talked (laughs) about uh dead eyes yet
0: no you haven't okay and i haven't listened yet so i need somebody to recommend it because i like the idea
1: (laughs) well there you go uh dead eyes is great dead eyes is a podcast by an actor who uh was originally (laughs) cast in the spielberg miniseries band of brothers um And then was fired from Band of Brothers by apparently Tom Hanks because Tom Hanks said that he had dead eyes. Or so said the, like, PA who delivered this news to him. Um, That concept itself is fucking surreal. Yes. It is a true story. And he is just trying to figure out, like, what the fuck that means. Um, It's very funny. He talks to people who he knows who were in Band of Brothers. He talks about the person who wound up taking his role. Um, It has zero animosity towards Tom Hanks. Like, zero. This is not a mean podcast at all. Um, And it's taken kind of a different tone recently, given Tom Hanks was diagnosed with COVID-19. And it's responded to that really, really well. So it's one of those... has that My Year in Mensa feel where it's a personal narrative, but it's also kind of a deep dive single topic. Um, Mm -hmm. It's really nice. The host is just really uh, like affable and very funny and self-deprecating, but not too much. He has he's like a real Chris Gethard type, you know, Um, he is delightful. So that is called Dead Eyes. It is still being released. It's wonderful um gavin what's your first recommendation
0: my first recommendation is something i've recommended on the show before but the finale just dropped and uh, i haven't heard it yet but i'm super excited fan wars the empire claps back is done well i guess yes. season one i don't know i don't know what the I ending's believe like so this i don't was
1: know if the finale
0: if it is the finale i'm super excited yes it is a rom-com audio fiction podcast about two star wars nerds who have wildly different opinions (laughs) who end up frenemy relationship transitioning into perhaps maybe they'll date question mark Mm -hmm, Uh, mm -hmm. no spoilers but it is a rom-com it openly sells itself as a rom-com it is so well written the characters we've ranted about this before fan wars is really fucking good the finale's out you can listen to it it's less than two hours to consume the entire show because the episodes are like seven minutes or something like that Mm -hmm uh and the earlier ones got remastered so if you tried it like months and months and months ago when it first was coming out it has a much crisper sound it is really good
1: yeah it's such a delay i really enjoy it um and shanae is just awesome like she's just so brilliant she's so funny um she's so quick-witted it's such a fucking good show
0: she's a really good twitter presence too
1: yeah yeah uh
0: so yes that is fan wars the empire claps back will what do you got
1: so um there is I I have really been enjoying like stupid animal content right now. Um and there's a podcast about a veterinarian who is doing like you know like remote vet visits to weird pets. They're like one of those exotic animal vets. Um and it's called Can I Vet Your Hog?
0: This is dangerously close to pitching a sort of crypto naturalist vet audio fiction series wow hell that, yeah <laughs> that i would absolutely listen to and i was a little worried you were gonna start doing the thing we do where we actually end up pitching a better show than actually exists
1: <laughs> no but you just did that just now and now i'm mad at yeah, you I did. well
0: i i kind of at least i did it without the the guise of like this is a thing that exists um Yes, uh, Supernatural Vet series, get on it people. Let's uh, <laughs> let's talk about what you're actually recommending.
1: Yeah, um I want to recommend a podcast by uh, Fable and Folly who in the last, I guess like from when listeners will hear this, in the last little while has expanded to be this huge, beautiful huge. super group of amazing podcasts. Like the lineup is genuinely Buck Wild absolutely gorgeous. We've talked a lot about um, Alba Salix on this podcast, but what we haven't talked about enough is The Axon Crown. The Axe Crown is a spin-off of Alba Salix, Royal Physician. It is a fantasy comedy, and it is specifically about gentrification, which, like, those things shouldn't go together so well, but they really do. Essentially, somebody um, buys up a tavern and has visions for it, and the locals of the tavern and previous employees and what have you uh, are like, don't? (laughs) Maybe don't do this? Um, And it, it has really lovely characters. It is, of course, hilarious. It's such a funny show, but it really tackles some fascinating concepts in a way that is set in the fantastical, but is, like, sometimes... Mega real, you know, um, that is the axe and crown. Gavin, what's your first recommendation? Is this second. our first one? Is... Second,
0: I did fan wars. Yes, uh, oh my god, thank you. Okay, so second recommendation? the way I want to do this is the name of this show, even though it has nothing to do with it, is a pun on an existing podcast. So. I just want to give that to you straight. But before I do that, I'm going to make up for the lack of a pun by uh, breaking out the old wizard joke book. Uh, Why (laughs) couldn't the cat? This is not wizard themed, by the way. Wonderful. Uh, Why couldn't the cat talk after catching the rodent? Why? He had a mouse full. Uh. I don't (laughs) know. A person wrote oh, this. Oh no! A person wrote this and sold it for one sec. There is a price on it here somewhere. A uh, dollar twenty-nine U.S. in two
1: thousand and fucking
0: one. Oh boy! Yeah, that is that is the last, last gasp of pre-nine eleven America right Oof. there. Okay, so we fucking hate Ass Town over here at TuneIn Dialed Up. That's one of the few things that we will uh, uh, hate on flatly. Yep. Uh, This show, the title and the thumbnail, which I have to show you, uh, (laughs) it sums up without being what the podcast is about. It does sum up our opinions on the show. The title of the podcast I want to recommend today is Ass Town. Here's the thumbnail.
1: (laughs) Oh, this one! Yes, 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 yes.
0: This thumbnail so perfectly apes the S Town thumbnail. Yeah,
1: it's phenomenal.
0: And it is just like it is shocking how good it is. S Town is an Animal Crossing podcast from High Score Club, who you might never have heard of because I hadn't, um, still haven't really. there's some unfortunate uh, other podcasts that pop up when you search Ass Town Podcast. Let's just close that little tab. Ass Town is a heartwarming podcast about Animal Crossing and how animal people connect to their Animal Crossing towns and like what the game does to you. Uh, it was, it started production a couple of years ago, so it was before Animal Crossing New Horizons happened, and it was certainly mm-hmm. before COVID-19 caused, like, the, the sort of perfect storm for Animal Crossing, mm-hmm. uh, but it was after New Leaf had been a thing for a little bit, so not only were people familiar with the, the DS game, 3DS game New Leaf, they had had time to drift away, so... Each episode's about sort of a facet of the show. Like, there's one episode about villagers, and they kind of focus on, I think, Bearamy is his name. Like, it's one that everyone seems to love from mm. the older games. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, each episode sort of focuses on a different aspect of the game. Uh, but each one will have a segment, a time capsule segment, where one of the mayors, one of the people who played Animal Crossing that the host is interviewing will load up their town that they have not visited in forever. And then you get their live reaction as they walk around and reminisce about, like, oh, yeah, I decorated this room like this, and I did this, and uh, they see their you know village for the first time in literal years and talk to villagers, and suddenly you see, like, it's it has the same vibe as somebody watching home movies they haven't watched in forever, and then things just really like, all the memories start flooding back, because this one guy, like, I remember one, this guy goes up in the attic where his bedroom is, and he sees, like, all these metal posters that he had, like, he had taken JPEGs of and converted them to designs in the game and hung them as posters in his virtual bedroom because he just loved them so much. Uh, And then people remembering, like, this one villager is a piece of shit that they (laughs) (laughs) they hated with all their (laughs) guts but would never move out. Uh, It is... Uh, there really hasn't been an upload about New Horizons yet I think they uh, uploaded an announcement that they were going to live stream some episodes of Ass Town where they played New Horizon I don't necessarily know how that would have the same effect as the sort of reminiscing aspect that comes along with this Uh, but if you don't really know what Animal Crossing is or you've never really interacted with it, Ass Town is the perfect podcast to sort of sell you on it besides all of us on Twitter being super obnoxious and just yelling and posting memes about new horizons. And it probably makes no sense (laughs) because I mean, it just, it gets real intense. You probably know that Raymond is really wanted by a lot of people. And then a larger sect of people fucking hate Raymond. uh, And what Raymond has done to the fandom. Animal crossing is a game designed to make you think chores are fun. And through that, it forms a strong connection with all these little things in the game, these little systems, and I. As Town just is such a well put together, reminisce- reminiscent, reminiscing on <laughs> those themes and those ideas, and also just sort of telling you what Animal Crossing as a series is about, and it is not tainted by the fact that Animal Crossing: New Horizons probably is the highest selling twitch switch game ever twitch it game. is switch game It officially uh, is
1: yep it
0: officially is yep. i think the last time i heard any sort of numbers on it was when the besties was talking about it and it was like three days after it had come out so there's mm-hmm. no way they had any like solid stuff yet but it's not it doesn't have that context so it makes it sort of more special because now we've all been memeing it to high hell and back i'm in two different animal crossing specific servers on right. discord <laughs> One of them Uh, is
1: one that I set up. (laughs)
0: Yes.
1: (laughs) Or actually, I think Anne set it up, but I set up the original group chat. It doesn't matter.
0: Yes. Still, um, there's a lot to Animal Crossing. Whether you are into it or not, Ass Town, it looks like an S-Town parody podcast. I started it thinking it would be an S-Town but in Animal Crossing parody podcast, mm-hmm. it turned out that's just the name of the host's <laughs> original Animal Crossing town because he was a kid when he made it. So, of course, he named it Ass Town. <laughs> right. Of
1: course.
0: Uh, and it just turned out to set up for a perfect podcast parody leader down the line. It's just really, really solid, heartwarming show.
1: Yeah. Sounds lovely.
0: And I think that'll do it. Will, where can people I'll find you? On people can the internet.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you can find me on the internet on Twitter at, at Will Rights, at Productions, and at a bunch of other stuff. Gavin, where can people find you and the show?
0: People can find the show at dialeduppodcast.wordpress.com. They can find me on Twitter at The Pod Report, and my website is ThePodReport.com. Uh, I also make a podcast called Stuff I've Listened To, which is sort of a informal podcast. What I've listened to at work over the weekend, it goes up on Wednesdays usually if I don't completely botch it,
1: mm-hmm. but
0: that is a thing that exists. And also, Will, what's the podcast you're making that we mentioned last episode Which one? with me oh. and other people? <laughs>
1: Empty the Cues is a fan cast about everything that isn't podcasts. It is about, uh, it's it's me having watched some of my favorite shows, introducing some of my favorite people to those shows. Uh, Gavin and I are watching along with Ellie, friend of the pod, um, Community, Nope. The Good Place. We are not
0: watching Community.
1: Nope, we're watching The Good Place. Um, I am introducing Josh Rubino to Community. I am introducing David Reinstrom to Beastars. And I am introducing Caroline Minx to Avatar The Last Airbender. We go episode by episode. You can listen to whatever track you want. So if you only want to listen to people talking about Avatar, you can do that. Um, It is called Empty the Cues. You can find that on Podcatchers and places.
0: And I think that'll do it.
1: Yeah, I think that's it.
0: I almost went on a tangent about getting into using Spotify as a podcatcher lately, but
1: that's another episode. <laughs> it's another episode.
0: Bye. Bye.